Hey everyone, welcome to another session with Research Word, where Heather and I are going to cover the topic of patient retention and all the changes you can make inside your office to retain patients through simple to easy to implement practices that are very low cost. So this episode is going to be really exciting for all of you. Alright, stay tuned. Hi everyone, welcome back to this episode about patient retention. And this is a way we can look for easy wins and how we can keep our patients um, involved with our studies and keep coming back. A uh, good way to do that is um, go to free clinics and meet new patients, let them know what's going on and what's at um, your site. That's, that's an awesome way to get patients involved. A good way, again, is offer free checkups with patients. Um, again, that's a good way to have your patients want to keep coming back to your site. They say they see the same familiar faces, um, and that's a good feeling for the patients, too. Uh, we can always give out educational information to the patients so they can take it home, read it with their friends and family so that they feel comfortable and knowing what they're getting themselves involved with. Um, so that's a great way uh, to keep your patients involved and keep them um, coming back for more. Of course. Yeah, uh, just to reiterate, you know, you want to offer free clinics, free checkups, educational material with your research site's information on there. So that way when it's laying around the house, they'll remember, hey, I'm part of a clinical trial where I need to go uh, get in touch with these guys to see if they have any more trials for my condition. And then, of course, you can offer community things such as blood pressure checks. So that way patients have a reason to... Uh, keep going back to your practice. You know, that's what you're ultimately looking to do is look for these easy ones that uh, motivate them to come back and ultimately, you know, never forget about your research site. It's, uh, it's kind of the reason, you know, you walked into uh, a Walmart or a CVS and they just have everything there that so it keeps you coming back one thing or another and you end up fulfilling all your services there. Uh, so try to look for ways to get multiple gains out of it. Another great thing to do is to experience your own waiting room. Put yourself in the patient's shoes. Sit out in the waiting room, see what it's like from their perspective. Are you waiting a long time? We don't want that. The patients don't want that. Um, also, what's available in your waiting room? Is there magazines? Is there a newspaper? Is there access to a TV? It's really important to experience your own waiting room. I completely agree. You know, you have to have a good experience. So sitting down, spending even up to 30 minutes just seeing what the patient sees, uh, you know, talking with the patients, you know, seeing how they can improve it. Uh, maybe even, you know, reflect on other previous uh, experiences you've had in other ways. See what they've done differently. Uh, you know, maybe they have a TV that has really engaged the patient. Maybe they have toys for the kids to keep them busy. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you can do. So really put yourself in their shoes, experience it. See how you can make that more enjoyable because that's the first leg of their experience at the research site. So if it's enjoyable, you can enjoy, it's going to set the experience for the rest of the, the appointment. So no matter what goes on, that's kind of the, the primer. So like they say, always make a good impression at the beginning. Explain tough topics with videos. Videos are a great way to get patients involved and to communicate back and forth. Questions can be asked, um, and it's a great visual concept for patients if, they, um, if that's their learning style. Uh, grab their attention quick. Um, keep it with uh, interactive videos, potentially, um, and, and find a, a way to want them to want to be in the trial. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good way to explain really tough topics. You know, having a video where you outline a script ultimately to ex make sure you explain it the right way, you cover all the information you want, you know, and it offers an opportunity for the patient to rewatch the content as well in case they don't understand it. Because some concepts that we cover in the medicine field 
can be really complex, can be really tough. So you having an opportunity to break it down in a video format, which they can replay over and over for themselves and their family members is, is so vital nowadays in trials and uh, helping anything from the consent process to participation in trials to helping them even understand their condition a little bit further. Um, a really convenient way of doing this is you know, getting either iPads or Android tablets and having them available in your waiting rooms or even having a, a computer which is connected with just a, you know, uh, you can find monitors for a very low price now and, and set up a, a really easy to use computer to them. And that way they don't even have to touch anything and they can just watch it. You can set up a video and walk out of room and go to your other appointments and come back in. Another great way is to allow learn from home opportunities. So um, having access to portals that the patients can get um, their labs from or um, finding ways to communicate securely with your patients is another great way to keep your patients involved. Um, staying in touch with them routinely uh, shows that you care about your patients and, and we obviously want to do that um, whatever we can to help them keep them involved in the trial. If they have questions for us, make sure that they, uh, you provide them with an opportunity to uh, message you back securely um, and just have many opportunities to have them keep, uh, to be able to keep them involved with uh, their trial. I agree. Uh, a learn from home opportunity is amazing. And there are so many ways to achieve this. You know, portals are a great way and they're, you know, used widely. And then one thing that I've seen being used effectively is having your own YouTube channel for your practice where you describe certain aspects of the condition um, that's at hand that, or that you specialize in. So that way patients can go watch it on YouTube without having to log into anything because sometimes uh, patients forget their login or they want something convenient. And YouTube offers the opportunity to subscribe to a channel. So every time you post a new video, they're going to be updated with this stuff. So that way you streamline the educational flow for them um, and you provide them information and they can watch it whenever and share it pretty easily as well. Um, so look for opportunities to send them content that they can learn from home. So you can send links to your YouTube videos and emails that you send out to the patients or give them flyer handouts while they're at your appointments so that they know you have uh, information they can learn from at home in addition to you know the portals and all other avenues that you may already have. When you have your patients in the office, um, that's a good time to educate them on multiple topics. Um, anything from the dietary um, guidelines that are out there um, to exercising or whatever else it might be that that's a great time to educate them, like I said, on different types of topics. And in that way, if they have questions, they can ask you in person so they don't have to wonder um, about certain things or um, what should I eat today. Um, you can always refer them on obviously to their own primary uh, care physician, but having an open conversation about multiple different topics is a great way to keep uh, the patients involved. I agree. I agree. You have to educate people on multiple topics. You know, sometimes just being educated on the condition itself uh, can get dry. So if you expand it into, you know, dietary um, setups for them on a daily basis, giving them examples of those, uh, telling them, you know, what kind of exercises they can participate in, um, and you know, all the plethora of things that can be around a, a condition. If you just look at them and, and dissect it, you can start educating them one by one about every little things and. And the really neat thing is, is, you know, you're often seeing patients that have different conditions. So some content is reusable. So you're going to have the benefit to use that for, you know, patients across the board for yourself. So uh, that way you're not only isolated to just a single condition type, you can uh, spread the, the information across all, all ailments. 
giving flexible appointment times is another great way to keep your patients happy. Um, we give numerous appointment times um, from starting at 6 a.m. all the way up to usually about 5 p.m. Um, so having different times available really is a good way to keep, like I said, your patients happy and want them to keep coming back for more studies. Have us or have them refer refer you um, refer new patients to you because that's that's ultimately what we want. We want to spread the word and educate the patients. So having the appointment times, um, different availability of them is what we want. Flexibility is key. You know, having the patients where they can come in early morning, later in the evening, and even sometimes on the weekends. Uh, I know, you know, for the HMO I'm part of, uh, Kaiser, they give me really good flexible times uh, throughout the week at any time. So, you know, it's, it's hard when you're working to sometimes get scheduled or get time during the weekdays. So, you know, having a lot of different options, it makes it easier and makes your retention rates go up. And it's been proven through a lot of research sites, you know, being able to see the patient even, you know, a couple hours after normal business hours or a couple hours in the morning on weekends, you know, you're going to see rates of participation go up. So, you know, look for ways to make your, your appointment times more flexible. And, you know, you can even give it trial runs where you, you know, try out certain times and see how patients respond to it. Is it getting filled up? Uh, are they taking up those spots or are they not? So that way you can figure out what the proper flow for your, ultimately your client base or your patient base is going to be like. Patient retention is also um, another good way to do that is through Uber or Lyft or other services to get your patients to your office. Um, you know, sometimes there's an older population that might not drive, but yet they want to be involved. So having um, opportunities to get them here is excellent or get them to a site. Uh, plus, it, they appreciate that, too. Just the little things that make that do make a big difference um, uh, really does want make them want to keep coming back to your site. Yeah, you know, transportation is an issue for many people out there. Some people don't have cars. Some people use a lot of the public transportation system. Um, and so offering it to your patient base pretty openly and, and freely will increase the retention rates for your trials because now they'll be able to make the trials. And if you tie it in with your flexible appointment times, you're going to increase the odds by twofold. And remember, the sponsor does cover the cost of Uber and Lyft. So you're able to kind of bake that into your initial contract. So, you know, remember to do that when you do your initial contract negotiations to uh, let them know you're going to be using Uber and Lyft for your transportation means. And uh, they're actually going to appreciate that because it's uh, been a, a lot of cost savings over, you know, your traditional taxi cabs or other services that were used in the past because uh, it's a, a fraction of that cost. So remember, it's, it's supported by the sponsor and you should use it as much as you can to Get the patients to come in, make their appointments. You never know what kind of transportation struggles they're going with. So offer it openly and offer it frequently. Another great way uh, to keep patients involved and um, keep the retention rate up is to make compensation payments for participation easy. Um, there's numerous ways that you can go about doing this. Um, in the past, we used to use a check form that we would give uh, throughout the study and not hold it to the end. Um, we, we now use Visa cards that's uh, simple, easy to use, and convenient for the patient. Um, so finding ways to make compensation easy for them will want them, again, to keep coming back, and um, every little bit helps for a patient, too. So paying that up front and not holding it back will want them to keep We'll, we'll want them to keep coming back to your site so then they can um, get paid and, and make it easy for them. Yeah, you don't want to make it a struggle. And us as research sites, we know 
um, that getting paid later on definitely makes this a, a struggle to participate, to keep a study going. So on the patient's end, you know, sometimes that is the thing that's making up for the lost time that they do for not making it to work that day because they had to take off an hour or two. So, you know, those compensations do go a long way. So having timely payments to them and offering convenient matters such as the, the visa cards and other payment methods are out there, um, you know, really do make the patient's life a bit easier. Finding easy ways uh, to reach out to your team or patients is another great thing that you can do. Um, sending text messages for appointment reminders or um, just seeing how they're doing, if they have any questions for you, is a great way to let the patient know that you do truly care about them as a person and that they're not just um, a, a patient in a trial, but yet you're really caring about them. So that's, that's always a great way is keep them involved, send text messages, pick up the phone, call if you need to, um, just let them know that you're always available uh, to have a conversation about the study if they need it. Yeah, you know, it's all about convenience nowadays. So you know, offer multiple forms from your online website forms, email, text messages, your portals. There's so many ways and they're, they're ever increasing, you know. So make it easy to reach your team. Um, and obviously, you don't have to uh, make it late night, but make, during the business day and whatnot, make it really convenient for them to reach out because uh, patients are everywhere nowadays. Don't forget to offer your patients uh, to have a fun experience. Uh, ways you can do that is if uh, people bring their kids into their office, maybe you have some books or some video games for them to play while they wait in the waiting room. Um, have a TV available, maybe a room that's got a recliner in it, uh, just to kind of uh, make them feel comfortable and offer that great experience. Um, if We all know if, if the kids are happy, then the, that makes the parents happy too. So um, easy ways that you can do that um, will really make a big difference. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I think you touched on creating a fun experience pretty, pretty well. Um, another thing that I want to cover is Another retention tip that a lot of sites are getting more and more familiar with is text messaging the patients uh, to attend appointments, to give them early reminders, uh, send them happy birthdays, and other things, you know, happy holidays, so that we're always engaging them because it's about engagement as well. So you're keeping in contact with them, you're keeping that line of communication going. So they're never going to forget about the trial that they're a part of, they're never going to forget about you guys. You know, it's always about being on top of their minds. So you know, do it as frequently as you can uh, in, in non-intrusive ways, of course. So text messages can be one of those and it has high read rates. So as opposed to email or letters or phone calls, you're going to have a higher response rate. So definitely look at emails and, you know, there's some uh, great past material made about frequencies of text messages you should do and whatnot. So check those out. Don't forget to communicate what you're doing and why you're doing it for the patients. Um, simple things of, um, I'm going to take your blood pressure while you're laying down for this specific reason, or I'm going to have you talk to me about this indication that you're, that, or what's going on, so then we know why you're having the pain, uh, for example. So it's really important to communicate um, what you're doing and um, obviously explain why it is that you're doing that. So then again, they feel comfortable, they have faith in what you're doing, um, and overall it's just a, a great way to uh, communicate with your patient. Yeah, I personally really like that one because I'm a curious person. So I like to know <clears throat> pretty much everything and anything that's going on. That way I can learn more about it if I need to or, you know, just having a better idea of what's going on. Um, this point really ties in well with, you know, automating your education through 
things such as videos. So if you have those videos available, you may save yourself the breath of having to explain something. And you can play that video while you maybe handle your patient notes or whatever else in, in the couple minutes while you watch the video. So remember, there's easy ways to communicate what you're doing or explaining what you're doing to the patients and make them feel even more trust with you and feel that level of comfortability with you that's ever increasing as you keep taking a big part in explaining what's going on. So, you know, keep on communicating. Communication is key. When your patients are in the study, um, remind them to tell you about any strange symptoms or adverse events often. Um, usually, I don't use the term adverse event when I'm talking to the patient because, again, unless they know what that means, um, they might be a little bit confused. So explain to them, hey, this is what we say an adverse event is, or let me know, are you having any new problems? Did you start any new medications? Uh, remind them that I want to know about everything, whether they think it's related to the medication that they just started taking or if it's something that just happened. I want to know. So uh, really remind them to tell you about anything that new that's going on. That's another way to keep patients involved because, um, again, they want to know that we do care about them and we want to know anything new that goes on. Yeah, it's important. You know, it goes both ways. You know, you're building that trust with the patient. At the same time, you're satisfying the necessities of the clinical trial. By reporting that AE, so you know, definitely encourage the patients to keep that open line of communication with you. And remember, every encounter is important. That's a great time to educate uh, your patients about um, anything new that's going to be going on with study, whether it be procedures or a, diff a different change in medication that they need to take. Um, this is another time or great opportunity to go over the informed consent because remember the informed consent form it's a pro or the informed consent is a process it's not just a form to be signed so um, it's a great time that every encounter that you experience with them to ask them if they have any new questions or if they have any new problems um, it's just take advantage of every encounter that you do experience with your patient yeah you have to take care of that because every second counts so you know make it important and make it a delight. And, and remember, plan surprises for, for your patients. Um, offering a bottle of water uh, at the start of a visit can go a long way, or maybe coffee if they don't have the restrictions that they can't drink that. Um, another great way is if they have uh, to come in fasting for visits, have snacks available afterwards because they will leave happy. Um, they will want to continue to come back knowing that, hey, I fasted, but yet they were able to provide me with a small snack afterwards um, so that I'm not starving until I get to my next destination. So um, just surprises makes patients want to keep coming back is, is another great thing you can do. I agree. I agree. You know, find little ways to light them, you know, have uh, bags of goodies behind the front desk and have your staff hand them out out of random times and random events. So that way, you know, it keeps the delight going. And you know, if you have, if you consistently give it, people's delight kind of wears off. So if you give it at random moments and random times, you know, they have less expectation and more surprise. So find ways to delight them. You know, maybe movie time at the at the office or in the in the waiting room. You know, different things. Uh, different video games you may have for the day. You know, just make it a delight for them. Who knows? There's so many ways you can be creative with this. And if you need more ideas? You can always reach out to Heather and I, and we'll help you out. <laughs> so yeah, I, I hope everyone's had a great time. You know, with this episode. And if you have any questions, you always know that you can reach out to Heather. And me, you know, we're on LinkedIn. Email us. Um, my email is ari, A-R-I, at trialjoin.com. Heather, would you like to share your email for anyone that's uh, curious about learning more about any of the topics we covered today? 
Absolutely. You can feel free to reach out to me at heather at heartlandcr.com and I'll be able to um, get in touch with you right away. Perfect. Perfect. Well, everyone, uh, until next time, we're signing out.